Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to season two. (sighs) I took three weeks off the podcast while I was out west visiting family, as uh, some of you or most of you may know. Oh, it was fabulous, I have to say. We spent time with my brother and some other loved ones in Denver. Uh, We did some hiking around Red Rocks. Uh, We drove up Mount Evans to the 14,000-foot peak, complete with crazy switchbacks, no guardrails, and some breathtaking views. Oh my gosh, including sighting a mama and a baby um, couple of white mountain goats grazing by the side of the road up up above the tree line. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Um, We then drove through Taos, New Mexico, with an overnight there and got to go horseback riding through Carson National Forest. Oh my gosh, I'm sure we look like such city slickers on those horses with our helmets on and everything. But you know, it temporarily fulfilled all my tween girl dreams of having a horse. It was awesome. They were beautiful. Um, We also had a great guide who was adorable and sassy and funny. Um, Way too much fun. And then on to Phoenix to spend time with my parents. And it's been so long since we've seen them. It sure was needed. Um, Yeah. So anyway, here we are back in the saddle. Back to the horse reference. (laughs) You know, it's amazing to me how... When you step away from something and get a little perspective, all kinds of thoughts start to bubble up. Just by taking a break, it turns out I created a milestone, an ending, and a beginning. Um, End of season one, beginning of season two, right? Milestones tend to make us reflective, right? Like birthdays and anniversaries and the change of seasons. Funny enough, this first episode of season two is fitting in nicely with the beginning of a new school year. I mean, is it just me or does fall always make you think of the start of a new school year? Doesn't it send you right back? I I remember being so excited to wear my new fall clothes and sweaters. (laughs) But dudes, I grew up in the desert and it was still too hot for all that. Anyway, I digress. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm just tickled and excited and yes, even nervous to be back. I'm so excited about all the goodies I have planned that are coming your way. Um, You know, as I've been approaching the beginning of the second season of the podcast, I've been thinking about what I might do to make it better, to go deeper, to serve you better. Um, I started this podcast because I wanted to tell stories via interviews that would inspire you to see possibilities for yourself in midlife as you move forward into your next era. Now, I want to talk about where the rubber meets the road. This season, I'm going to dig a little deeper into how 
we can move forward in this later stage of our lives when the ruts of our well-worn habits are oh so deep. Uh, I'm going to continue to tell stories through the interviews, of course, um, but I'm also going to be looking for ways to talk about the tools that we can use to move ourselves forward. Uh, I want to go beyond inspiration to empowerment, and I want to thoughtfully connect you to tools that you can use to make a real difference in your life. I want to be clear. My goal with this podcast is not to advocate for you to change yourself so much as I'm hoping that you might change the way you think about yourself so you can uncover what you really want and what you're really capable of. I mean, you are fine. You are not broken. You're amazing already. My goal with this podcast is to encourage you to keep trying to live your very best life. I think what happens all too often when we get to a certain age is that there's a tendency to resign ourselves to the idea that what we've experienced in the past is all there is. That is who we are. And it's too late to change. You know, same as it ever was, same as it ever was. Like like that refrain from the Talking Heads song, Once in a Lifetime. This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful car. Same as it ever was. Anyway, having done the podcast for a year, I've done a lot of reading and research about midlife and aging. I've come to realize how embedded the idea of anti-aging is in our society. I mean, just look at commercials and magazine advertisements. Really, it's, it's anti-aging this, anti-aging that. Ageism is real, and I believe it's holding us back from our true potential. Not only are older people discriminated against in the workplace and generally in society, but it's also, it's so embedded in our thoughts that we're ageist to ourselves. We hold ourselves back from trying new things because we think it's too late. We tell ourselves things like, oh, I'm so old. And that thought translates into limiting ourselves. Most people believe the story that aging means that you're going to have a midlife crisis, an inevitable slowdown of the mind, and breakdown of the body. I mean, seriously, take a look at your offhand comments, and you'll probably start to notice just how often you make comments like, oh, she looks good for her age, for her age, right? Or making jokes about how old people can't use technology, <laughs> I'm with you. I I can't tell you how many times I've complained about having a senior moment when I can't think of a word or I forget where I left my phone, which is all the time. Um, But I'm challenging myself to notice when I do that, when I have those thoughts and change my language because I believe language is so important. Over the course of this past year, I've come to realize that midlife is truly a time filled with opportunity. The opportunity to get in touch with who you really are and what you really want and take charge of where you're going from here. But that means letting go of the story that it's too late. You know, it seems like all the signals are telling us to step aside and fade into the background. Uh, I'm ready to shake up that story. I wanna live in a world where it's normal for older people to be actively living and contributing. 
where we all see ourselves as having increased value and purpose as we age instead of disappearing and becoming invisible or worse, a burden. I want to live in a world where we all see that it's possible to keep learning and contributing for as long as we want. You know, one of my heroes, Brene Brown, she was recently on Simon Sinek's podcast, um, which is called A Bit of Optimism. And they were talking about what it takes to start a movement. That's a great conversation. Uh, They're very funny, and I'll be sure to link to it in the show notes. Um, During the conversation, they talk about why humans have a tendency to focus on the pain we experience versus focusing on the positive feelings. And Brene points out that it's just how we're wired. We're hardwired for survival. So the brain's interest in positive feelings isn't as great as it is in what threatens us. So our brain's default mode is to pay attention to those threats so that we can protect ourselves. But she points out that that doesn't mean that we can't nurture the brain to focus on positive emotions. Um, Here's a quote from the conversation. She says, positive emotion requires more complex thinking. It requires reality checking some of the emotional feelings that we're having. It's that whole idea of, you know, your thoughts aren't facts. You got to stop and check yourself every now and again. That's exactly what I want to explore this season, is how can we nurture our ability to focus on what's possible within us instead of focusing on our past failures and our aches and pains? How might we be able to use a growth mindset to surprise ourselves? If you want to know the one thing that's made the biggest difference in my life, it's getting up early to meditate and exercise every day. I guess that's officially two things. (laughs) Um, If you've been listening a while, you've probably heard me say this before. And I know some of you are like, well, goody for you, but no thank you. Not for me. I'm already exhausted and you think I should get up earlier? Or, you know, I'm not a morning person. Listen, I get it. If you had told me five years ago that I'd be getting up 30 minutes to an hour before everyone else in the house, I wouldn't have believed you. I was a confirmed night owl, first of all. I was doing lots of photo editing at night. And, you know, I equated early mornings with suffering. (laughs) Oh, big suffering. I would hit the snooze button over and over, and then the morning would be a hot mess because I'd started off, you know, running late. I'd starting off the day just feeling totally out of control and exhausted and scrambling to get the kids out the door to school. I was frustrated with them for not moving more quickly, and then I'd find myself yelling at them to get them moving, and then end up angry and frustrated with myself because I was supposed to be the adult, not the one having a tantrum, and I'd feel terrible about yelling at them. I was constantly wondering why adulting was so hard and wondering when I'd get it together feeling like a failure and just out of control with my emotions and wondering why everyone else seemed to have it all figured out. I mean, does that sound at all familiar to you? I I mean, really, if we take everyone's Facebook feeds at face value, everyone else seems to be rocking this thing called life. You know, one day after a particularly tough morning with my kids running late to get to school, I realized that I really needed to make some changes. 
I started digging into self-help books and podcasts. And my husband suggested I read Mel Robbins' book, The Five Second Rule. And boy, oh boy, did that one hit the mark for me. I totally related to her story. She, she also had issues with her snooze button, by the way. And I started to wonder if changing one little habit might lead to bigger changes. So I decided to commit to 30 days of getting up early so I could exercise and meditate. No excuses, you know. Um, so I set the alarm across the room so I'd have to get up and put my feet on the floor to turn off the alarm. That made a huge difference because once my feet were on the floor, I had cleared the biggest hurdle. And I got to tell you, I won't say it was easy. Truly, it completely sucked at first. But after a couple of weeks, I realized that I was feeling better and I had way more energy. Um, in fact, getting up early began to feel like a gift I was giving myself. I was giving myself time to get in touch with my thoughts before the demands of the day ran away with me. It turns out that daily meditation and exercise, for me that's yoga and walking for the most part, that helps me to tune in to what's possible for the day. You know, after a while I started to feel more confident in myself simply because I was honoring a commitment I'd made. I started to feel stronger. I started to feel like I could do hard things and that I could handle daily challenges. And, and here's what's really cool. I started to feel hopeful about my future in a way that I hadn't since my 20s. Now, do you need to get up early? I, I don't know. If you find that exercising later in the day works for you, awesome. But for me, if I don't do it first, it, it's most likely not going to happen. Before I know it, I'm putting out fires and the day gets away with me. And also, total bonus, by getting it done early, I get a sense of accomplishment and an energy boost that I get to carry with me throughout the day. So again, I don't know that you need to get up early, but those are the benefits I've experienced. What I do know is that we need to keep moving our bodies if we want to keep moving our bodies. It's that old use it or lose it thing. So much of the reading I've been doing from many different sources indicates that the choices that we make now are going to make a huge difference in our health 10, 20, 30 years from now. I remember talking to Alan Meisner early on in the podcast. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode. It was really early on. Anyway, Alan is a fitness coach for people over 40. It's a 40 plus fitness is his thing if you want to look him up. Very cool guy. Good story too. Um, a couple of things that he said really stuck with me. He talked about commitment. How we wouldn't leave our spouse stranded at the airport if we'd committed to picking them up. And that we need to make that same type of unshakable commitment to ourselves when it comes to regularly exercising. And I remember him saying that his big goal was to be able to wipe his own butt when he's really old. <laughs> now, I'm sorry if that's indelicate, but honestly, it's a goal I share. I want to be as healthy in mind as body for as long as I possibly can. Honestly, I really don't care how long I live. I just want to be as healthy as I can right up to the end. And studies have shown that regular exercise is one of the key elements for maintaining our brain health. 
It's something about oxygen to the brain helping to keep the plaques from forming that are the cause of Alzheimer's and dementia, I think. I'm probably butchering something in there, and I'm terrible about being able to cite studies that have been, that have been done, but um, I will say that there's a fantastic book, very high on my recommended reading list. It's by Barbara Bradley Haggerty, and the book is called Life Reimagined, The Science, Art, and Opportunity of Midlife. The book mixes Barbara's personal story of her midlife challenges with deep research that she did about midlife and aging, and she cites several studies in her book. I also had a great opportunity to talk to Barbara on the podcast last year, so I'll put that link in the show notes for you also, along with a link to her book. So anyway, I've come to realize that the choices that we make right now in midlife, they can help us to stay sharp and minimize disease as we age. So I really want to encourage you to start from wherever you are. Forget about any past failures and just start from here today. Oh, okay. <laughs> Enough of that soapbox. Um, and on to my next soapbox. Meditating every day. For me, it's been life-changing. Not because it fixes everything. It's not a silver bullet. But again, it's time to check in with myself every day. It's time that I take to do that, you know, time to take notice of my thoughts, to notice what's bothering me, um, to pay attention to how my thoughts make me feel, to look at those thoughts and try to discern if those thoughts are serving me. Most of the time, you know, we go through life on autopilot with millions of subconscious thoughts that are holding us back, trying to keep us safe. I mean, that can be helpful sometimes. It's that wiring again, right? But when we aren't aware of our thoughts and how those thoughts make us feel and subsequently how they then affect the actions we take, then we can't assess if the thoughts are helpful or harmful, right? How do, how do you assess something when you aren't even aware of it? When we aren't aware of our thoughts, then we're at the mercy of them. They're just running like an automatic program, keeping everything the same, building a case to prove what we already think. You know, to link us to our past experience and build a future based on that past instead of a future with new and fresh possibilities. Now, maybe meditating isn't your thing, but have you tried it? Have you tried it more than a few times? Have you ever committed to a regular routine? See, I dabbled with it for years before I was able to make it a regular part of my life. I'd do it for a few days, and then I'd lose track. And I always felt like there was something there, but, you know, life got in the way. And when it came down to it, I really just wasn't committed. Maybe you've tried it a few times, and you felt res restless, you know, or, or you didn't feel like you were doing it right. There's one thing that I've learned as I've been on this meditation journey there is no such thing as doing it wrong. Just sitting and trying and doing it is automatically doing it right. Also, I want to be clear that there are days when I feel like I had a great meditation session. And there are days when it just feels frustrating because maybe I'm mad about something or sad about something or feeling really high anxiety or exhaustion and I can't seem to shake it. I, I find that I always want to feel blissed out after a meditation, but that really isn't the point. The point is the daily practice. It's simply to sit and notice your thoughts every day. 
So I want to challenge you to give it 30 days. There's so many good apps you can use to help you with guided meditations. Um, I use 10% Happier, at the app. And no, I'm not getting paid to promote them. I just really like the app. And I've found it to be helpful as I learn to meditate. I like the guided thing, you know. Also, <laughs> I like that they aren't promising too much. You know, 10% happier. Okay, I can buy that. I've also heard that a lot of people like um, Headspace, uh, also Deepak Chopra works a lot for a lot of people. You know, just take some time to explore the offerings. There's plenty out there and see what style of meditation works for you. If you give it a good shot and it just isn't your bag, well, there's, there are other ways to get in touch with your thoughts. You could try journaling. I try to incorporate into my mornings, you know, but honestly, it tends to be the thing that I forget to do if my schedule gets a little crazy. That said, when I do manage to journal regularly, I find that I'm able to clarify my thoughts in a way that is tangible. And I love being able to go back and look at my writing and that's when I start to see patterns, which is kind of cool. So anyway, I, I have to say I'm feeling a little like a bossy pants here. Um, really, I'm just telling you that these things have worked for me. And I hope you'll give them a try. Like really give them a try. Give it 30 days. You can do anything for 30 days. Um, I read somewhere that it takes 30 days to establish a new habit. So that's why I'm suggesting that. I can't guarantee that's true, but it definitely worked for me. Oh boy, I hope I haven't bored you with my rant. I get excited about these things and I hope that by sharing what's worked for me, you might find a nugget for yourself in there somewhere. So let's talk about what's coming up. I have so many good stories already recorded for this season. These folks are awesome. I can't wait to bring them to you. Next week, we're going to kick it off with the first interview of the season. You can tune in to hear from Kat Corchado, who is a 20-year Air Force veteran and Pilates instructor who launched a podcast at the age of 63 called Sisters in Service. Um, what she does is highlight the stories of female veterans, and her mission is to give voice and information to women veterans who might be feeling lost and overwhelmed as they transition into civilian life. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been thinking a lot about our military men and women as we all grieve the lives lost in Afghanistan recently. I spoke to her, man, way back in July, so we won't be talking about current events in the interview, but I just thought this would be a timely offering. I can't wait for you to hear Kat's story about her own transition from military to civilian life, so be sure to join me next week. Um... I guess that's about it. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to share it with a friend and leave a review or rating so other people can find their way here. Yeah, that's it. So excited. Thank you guys for coming back for season two. Woohoo! Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.